If you have your Bibles, we're going to look in that same passage we looked in last week as we are looking at part two of Can Spiritual Gifts Cause Division? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11 for our reading. As you know, we will mention verses throughout the, uh, the chapter. But this, these 11 verses will be for our reading. You know, most of you know, uh, those who've been around long enough, you know that I grew up a huge Dallas Cowboys fan. Uh, you, you Pittsburgh fans, just, just suck it up. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? In the 1990s, it was good to be a Cowboys fan. Especially the first half of the 90s. It was really good to be a Cowboy. It wasn't good to be anything other than a Cowboys fan. Uh, we had our season. And as I think back to that time, as great as it was for the Dallas Cowboys, it could have been even greater. If you remember from 1992 to 1995, they won three Super Bowls out of four seasons. But there's much speculation as to what could have happened. You see, at the end of 1993, we saw the owner of the Cowboys and the head coach of the Cowboys come to odds with one another. Jerry Jones, the Cowboys owner, and Jimmy Johnson, the Cowboys coach from 1989 to 1993, they were once college teammates. Jerry went on, Jones, he, he went on to be a very successful businessman. While Jimmy Johnson continued in football. And he became a very successful college coach. And Jerry Jones brought Jimmy Johnson on to replace the legendary Tom Landry. These two tremendously gifted men came together once again. After all those years that had gone by from them being college teammates... To lead this Dallas Cowboy franchise. And they led them to back to back Super Bowls in 92 and 93. So the question becomes what could have caused this to change? They were this successful in just a few years. What would cause all of that to change? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, during the success of the Cowboys, Jimmy Johnson was praised for how he handled the draft from 1989 to 1992. He acquired elite athletes at skilled positions that helped the Cowboys reach success that they hadn't seen since the 1970s. But Jerry Jones took issue with not being praised since he was the owner and, and he was the one who allowed Johnson to make the moves that were made to bring these athletes into the Cowboys family. So Jones had the perception that people saw Johnson as the brain power of the Cowboys. But Jones preferred to have the glory of being the brain power of a team that he was the owner of. So, this allowed pride to trouble their relationship. Jones went as far as saying that he could bring any coach in to coach this Dallas Cowboys team 
and they would win a Super Bowl. And this insult to Jimmy Johnson and his hard work caused him to resign in 1993 after winning a Super Bowl. (laughs) Well, two years later, Barry Switzer, in his second year as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, did actually win a Super Bowl. But they haven't come close to winning another one since. Here we have two men who allowed their perception, their preference, and their pride to affect their gifts and possibly the success of this NFL franchise. You know what? We saw a similar situation to this last week when we looked in 1 Corinthians, didn't we? They allowed their perception, their preference, and their pride over spiritual gifts to cause division within the church. And knowing this, can, this is actually a reality or it can be a reality for any church, the question becomes, how do we prevent this from happening at Reedy Branch? Well, let me share the remedy to this reality. The Bible tells us here in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians in verses 1 through 11, again, for our reading, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols. However, you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one... And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences in ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit. To another the word of knowledge through the same spirit. To another faith by the same spirit. To another gifts of healing by the same spirit. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another discerning of spirits. To another different kinds of tongues. To another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all of these. Distributing to each one individually. As he wills. This is God's holy word. God we thank you for your word. We thank you for your promise. We thank you God for your direction. And we pray that we as a body of believers. Would allow your word to penetrate our heart. And our lives to where this division. Would never be an issue here. In your house of worship. Here among this body of believers. God we know that we have an enemy that comes to attack us. Help us God to be alert by your holy word. To where we would be unified together in the gifts that you've given us. to be, They would be used for your glory. And to magnify your son and to edify your people. And God will give you praise for all that's accomplished. We pray that today in our hearing if there's one who's troubled in their gift that God they would be set free that they would be comp- they would they would give you glory for all that that takes place in their lives. We pray if there's one here who's lost and don't know you through your son Jesus Christ and hasn't received a spiritual gift from you, we pray God that they would give their heart to you 
that they would trust Jesus by faith and allow your grace and mercy to touch their hearts. And we pray, God, that they would use what gift you give them for your glory. And God, we give you praise for all that's accomplished. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. There, we, as we talked about a reality last week, there is a remedy to division over spiritual gifts. We need to be clear of this reality of the spiritual gifts causing division. Last week we shared that the perception of the spiritual gifts can cause division when, when our spiritual gifts are used to bring glory to us. Others will see this and those who are less mature than some may perceive that they are watching true worship in place when in fact what they're, what they're watching is false worship. To, our spirit, to use our spiritual gift for anything other than to glorify God, other than to magnify Christ, other than to edify the body is false worship. So this perception can lead to preference of certain gifts over others. And when we begin to prefer the gift that one person has over the gift that God has blessed us with, then we're placing our desire over God's graciousness. And it makes us ungrateful for what God is doing for us. So we now can see that our perception can lead to preference. And this comes out of our pride. It comes out of our wanting to have spotlight placed upon ourselves. So folks... This is a reality, but there's good news. And the good news is there's a remedy to this. And it begins by being humble. The word humble simply is to not be proud or haughty. It's to not be arrogant or even assertive. To be humble is to be able to reflect a spirit of submission. And our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ demonstrated this to us. As if we read in the, in the second chapter of Philippians, we find that in, the, in that while he was in the form of God, he did not consider robbery to be equal with God. But he made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. In simple words, Jesus reflected a spirit of submission to the task that was assigned to him. However, the Christian believers were finding it hard to remain humble. They, to submit to God's authority as it related to their spiritual gifts. Yes, they were given a diversity of gifts. Yes, there are differences in the administration of these gifts. And yes, there are differences in the activities that these gifts would produce. But these gifts were given and used by God the Father, by God the Son, by God the Holy Spirit in our lives. And however God chooses for the gifts to be manifested in any believer's life, it's for his glory. It's for magnifying the name of Jesus. It's for edifying the church. And it appears the church members of, in the Corinthian church, they should have been grateful for the same God who spoke the world into existence. The same God who carved out the complexities of the body of a man out of the dust of the ground. The same God who breathed life in the man and made us a living soul. Desire to bless them with a spiritual gift that could be used for his glory. To magnify his son and to edify his people. 
But instead of thinking so much of themselves, they should have been grateful. Had that have been grateful, they would have been humble. In Isaiah 6, we find in the year King Uzziah died, Isaiah had a vision from the Lord. He was sitting high on his throne, high and lifted up. And and we have to admit that this had to be real. When we read Isaiah's account, he gives vivid, very clear details of this event. He said that the train of the Lord's robe filled the temple. He saw seraphim above the temple described as having six wings, two that covered their face, two that covered their feet, two they used to fly with. And they cried out to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And in just witnessing this, Isaiah humbled himself and said, woe is me. For I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. I want to tell you when we're in the presence of God, we ought to be humbled. And Isaiah shows us just how humbled we are with God in his presence bestows upon us a spiritual gift. It ought to humble us. Isaiah in this encounter, he was fully humbled. And I'm convinced that the remedy of the vision over spiritual begins, it begins when we are humble. If we, a people of unclean lips who live among people of unclean lips, would be grateful for what God is wanting to do in our lives. That the God of heaven and earth, the God who looked through the portals of time and saw us in our helpless state, and even in the midst of our mess, he sent his only begotten son to this sin-cursed world that he would die a brutal death so that we can live a glorious eternal life that we would not be divided over spiritual gifts in fact Paul says in verse 325 here he said there should be no schism in the body in other words he said God has been too good for you to you for you to be divided over this instead we would know that God knows best And he knows what we need and how it is best to bless us. We would know then that our gifts work together to glorify God, to magnify Christ, and to edify his people. In other words, we must work together for the profit of all. And because of this, we should be in awe of God's love and forgiveness. We should be in awe of his grace And his mercy, for his mercies are renewed daily. Now let's understand something. Walking around with our heads hung down, defeated over understanding and knowing how flawed we are, is not what God's looking for from us. Even Isaiah didn't just waller in self-pity. Instead, the Bible says that the seraphims took tongues and they grabbed a hot coal. And the Bible here in the New King James says a live coal. In other words, it was hot. It wasn't black. It was red. It was, it was steaming hot and he touched his lips and his iniquity 
was taken away. The Bible says, behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away. Your sin is purged. And then the Lord asked, who shall I send? Who will go for us? And Isaiah answering said, here am I. Send me. Folks, when we get humbled, we ought to then become hungry after God has touched us. Isaiah was touched by the Lord. He was forgiven of his sin and he was hungry to do what God would have him to do. So we're just not to be humbled that God has blessed us with spiritual gifts, but we should be hungry. What do you mean, preacher? Well, to be hungry in this sense is to be driven. Not driven by our own ego, not driven by our own ambition, but instead driven to be faithful to God and his call on our lives. The Bible teaches us that we have been, we who have been born again are all members of the body of Christ and as part of the body. Verse 18 says, God has set the members, each one of them in the body just as he pleased. So God has said and chosen each particular function for each particular member of the body. And it appears that the apostle Paul was saying to the believers in Corinth to be faithful to God. Serve him as he has called them to serve. They should have been motivated by the fact that whatever gift they had been given, the same God who works all in all gave them this gift. So they should have been hungry. To use the gift. Hungry. Not to seek glory for themselves. But to glorify God. Hungry not to seek praise for themselves. But to magnify Christ. Hungry not to benefit themselves. But to edify the whole body. When we get our minds off of us. And get our minds where it should be. We'll, be, we'll find that we can be hungry. To use the gifts that God's blessed us with. We remember the parable of the talents, don't we? In Matthew 25, it tells us of a man who was preparing to take a travel. He was going to a far country. But before leaving, he called his three servants to him. And according to their ability, he gave each one talents. One, he gave five talents. Another, he gave two talents. Another, he gave one talent. These were his talents. Their master's talents. They belonged to the master and he gave them graciously to these men according to their ability. And what we see is he immediately left and went on his journey. Two of these servants we find were hungry. <laughs> they were driven to use their talents. Their master had given them, but one was not. The servants who were given five talents and two talents. They were faithful in how they used the talents and they doubled the talents given, that was given them, which not only gave glory to their master, but when he returned, he rewarded them for their hunger to please him. But the servant who was given one talent, he wasn't driven. He wasn't motivated. He wasn't hungry to use that one talent. So the master took the talent from him. Listen, I haven't heard anything rumbling around our church over spiritual gifts. You cannot know how humbled I am to be able to say this. 
But I want to encourage you that these messages, they're not an indication of where we are spiritually, but they are to help us to prevent from becoming divided over our spiritual gifts. And I'm convinced that Reedy Branch can prevent division over spiritual gifts by being hungry. We, we, we can be faithful to God. And if so, we will find ourselves hungry to be fed by the bread of life. We will seek to be filled by the living water. And folks, if we eat from the bread of life, if we drink from this living water, we will not hunger at the glory that belongs to God. We will not thirst at the praise that belongs to Christ. Instead, we will hunger to use the gifts that God has given us for his glory to magnify Christ and to edify each other the Bible tells us in Luke 12 and 48 for everyone to whom much is given from him much will be required so whatever gifts God has given you use it because it's required of you today I heard a, I was listening to a podcast on Friday where Dave Nurse was the guest. Some of you may not know who Dave Nurse is. Dave Nurse was a college basketball star, a shooting phenomenon. He was 6'2", slow, but he, I ain't going to describe him fully. It might insult somebody, but, but he could shoot the ball. He was drafted by his uncle, who was the coach of the Toronto Raptors. And while he was drafted, he thought everything was okay. Well, things weren't okay. He just couldn't cut the mustard, so to speak. And he was broken over this. He went overseas to play professional basketball and in hopes that he would get a contract to come back. Well, that didn't work out. And so he began to think about his gift that God had given him. And he began to use that gift of shooting in, the, in coaching. And so he became a, a shooting coach for several teams. And, and he worked his way wanting to become a pro coach, but... Uh, a coach of a of an NBA team, but when that opportunity came, he turned it down because he realized God's gift was opening up other doors. Well, I was listening to Dave Nurse, and he he told of a time of playing pro ball in Greece. He had a teammate who was offered a contract to come back to the states to play for the San Antonio Spurs. Dave asked, why aren't you more excited? Now listen, it doesn't matter if you're the starter or if you're the 15th player on the team. If you make it in the NBA, you've made it. You're good. You're elite. And this guy was thinking, well, I'm going to be the 14th or 15th player on the depth chart. I've been through this before. I probably won't get a real opportunity to display my talent. But Dave looked at him and said, well... If you're not the best player on the team, why don't you become the best cheerleader on the team? Why don't you become the best towel twirler on the team? Just cheer your team on. Now, his teammate didn't want to hear this. <laughs> he didn't want to hear and say, well, you know, you might be better off using your gift as a cheerleader than as a player. But he thought about it. And when he arrived in San Antonio, he did just that. He humbled himself and became motivated, driven, hungry. To cheer his team on to the best of his ability. He did that. He did what he could at the time for the team. And the next year, he got his shot. He took it 
and he made it. He got to play regularly. And now for the past 10 years, he's made over $100 million in the NBA by using a gift that God had given him. Instead of complaining, he humbled himself. Instead of complaining, he got hungry in a different direction. And God opened up the doors so that he could use the gift for God's glory. My question is now, have you been hoarding? Is there anyone in this church that's been hoarding the gift that God has given you? You've been keeping it for yourself because you don't like the way things are going. Or you don't think that you should have, you should use it in this way or in that way. But if you don't get the opportunity to use it the way you want to use it, you're just going to sit down on it. My question is, is there anyone like that here? Don't answer. Start talking with Jesus. You know, you don't have to do that any longer. You can know that God hasn't given you any spiritual gift without the power and the resources that come with it. So the question really becomes, if you've been hoarding the gift, are you ready to humble yourself and be hungry? Are you motivated to use the spiritual gifts that God has given you? Are you driven to take what you've been given to glorify God, magnify Christ, and edify the church? If so, you know our nominating team is meeting. As a matter of fact, we got a meeting today. And our church could truly use your gift. Whatever that gift is, God ain't give it to you. He's give it to the church. He wants you to be the channel that it comes to the church through. And those of you who have not trusted Jesus Christ, as I'm coming to a close, if you have not trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can today. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you believe that Jesus is the son of God, if you believe he came to earth born of a virgin, if you believe he lived a sinless life and that he gave his life as the ultimate sacrifice for your sin. If you believe that on the third day he arose from the grave to give you victory over death, hell, and the grave. If you will humble yourself today you can receive God's greatest gift to the world his son Jesus Christ and he will become your Lord and Savior and if you will receive him today as your Lord and Savior you will also immediately receive the gift of the Holy Spirit to live and abide with you to wherever you are, he will be also. And he will empower you to use the spiritual gifts that God gives you for the profit of all. And you can use the hunger that will stir within you to bless others. Would you today 
while we're praying all over the room. If those of you who are born again and you feel, well, I've sat down on what God has blessed me with. Oh, today is a good day to get right with God. I'm, I'm saying to repent. Seek Him. And commit to allowing Him to use you in exercising the gift that He's given you. And if you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, now is the time to repent of your sin. Receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. And he'll send you out with the gift to use for his glory. Would you today?